Welcome to Market Matters, our markets podcast on Making Sense, the hub for J.P. Morgan corporate and investment bank podcasts. In this episode of Market Matters, we'll hear from the market data and positioning intelligence teams within our data assets and alpha group. They'll be talking about key macro, micro, and political themes in the context of our high-frequency trading data and proprietary signals from J.P. Morgan's markets business. Hi, I'm Eloise Goulder. I head the Data Assets and Alpha Group here at J.P. Morgan, which includes our market data and positioning intelligence products. Today, I'm joined by Andrew Tyler, head of our U.S. market intelligence team. Drew has a wealth of experience providing daily market insights and trade ideas to our clients, leveraging macro, fundamental, and political inputs in addition to our proprietary data sets, data sets that we discussed at length during our last podcast with Krupa Patel two weeks ago. Today, we want to focus on the risk-reward for US markets in this period, which is somewhat of a data void, i.e. before we reach Q2 earnings, which start in earnest in the US in mid-July, and before we see key macro data points from the next Fed decision on July 27th, to the June CPI print on July the 13th. So, Drew, thank you very much for being with us today. Let's start by looking backwards. There have been some pretty extreme market moves recently, with the S&P 500 falling over 10% in the first three weeks of June, and then rallying over 6% in the last week or so. So, Drew, how would you explain those moves? And what do you think have been the key events shaping this? Eloise, thank you for having me. Fully agreed on the size and pace of the moves. So I would point to the following. One, uncertainty surrounding the Fed. Two, lack of consensus on recession probabilities. Three, an elevated vol regime. And four, positioning. So with the Fed, the market debate is focused on the July meeting where there's a lack of consensus on whether the Fed does a 50 basis point hike or a 75 basis point hike. Though Jay Powell has left available the possibility of a 100 basis point hike. The Fed's behavior governs both the second and third points. Regarding recession probabilities, the Fed is hiking into a slowing economy, and the more aggressive their behavior, the more likely we may see a recession. A more dovish view of the Fed in H2 may lead one to conclude that the economy avoids a recession in the next 12 months. The variance of views on both the Fed and the economy is leading to a higher vol regime as investors express these views via the rates options market. Rates vol has pushed credit, equity, and FX vol higher. It has created distortion in credit markets where JPM research believes that fundamentals are stronger than credit spreads imply. Within equities, we have moved a vol regime that has kept the VIX in a 20 to 35 range versus averaging about 14 and a half in the five years leading up to COVID. Lastly, on positioning, we have seen a positioning unwind with an aggregate positioning from our position intelligence team's chat called positioning monitor approaching levels last seen in March of 2020. Thanks, Drew. That's really helpful color, even if it does look pretty gloomy. U.S. markets are down almost 20% this year, though. And in fact, the NASDAQ composite is down over 25% year to date. So how much of the risk that you just cited do you think are now priced in? Are we there yet? I.e., have we hit the market trough yet? Dubrovko, our head of equity macro strategy, has recently published that the current S&P 500 level is about 75% of the way through a move that occurs during an average recession. That could imply downside to approximately 3,500 to 3,600 level in the S&P if this year follows the playbook of a typical recession-induced bear market. 
many of my client conversations suggest a willingness to buy in the 32 to 3400 level, but they think that earnings will be useful and adjusting full year 2023 earnings estimates where right now the consensus is $250 versus the JP Morgan estimate of 240. So a 20% redux and earnings estimates and a 15 times multiple remind you that COVID low was 14.7 times means that you'd be at 3000 and the S&P. My view is that we are in the midst of a bear rally that could last at least through quarter end. After that, I think many investors will want to wait and see what happens with Q2 earnings, which, as you mentioned, kicks off in mid-July, the July Fed, and the next two CPI prints on July 13th and August 10th. Those catalysts could guide expectations for the September Fed meeting, where the ultra bull case suggests delivering a pause, and the ultra bear case would be a 75 to 100 basis point hike. Thanks, Drew. So it sounds like you're leaning more cautious for Q3, albeit a lot will depend on those catalysts you mentioned, i.e. macro data, corporate earnings, and the Fed's reaction function. If we do see weakness through Q3, do you think that happens immediately, or do we get some tactical bounces in the meantime? I know, for example, you've been bullish into June month-end, factoring our research colleagues' expectations for month-end buying into account. Also, do any sectors stand out to you on the up or the downside? Listeners should know that we're recording today's podcast on Monday, June 27th, but I do think we could be in store for a further balance as we hit month end and quarter end. I think the combination of low positioning and potential quarter end buying mean that we could continue to rally into, through the end of June. Amid that relief rally, I think we will continue to see tech outperform driven by both a combination of short covering, but also people looking to own mega cap tech on a longer term basis, given that selling may appear to be overdone on a fundamental basis. Aside from tech, keep an eye on energy as headline risk has triggered some profit taking. But I do think energy commodities could move higher throughout the summer, taking energy equities higher too. The bull case for energy is supply-demand dynamics, geopolitics, and China's reopening. Refiners could be the biggest beneficiary given capacity constraints. That's really interesting. Thanks, Drew. Pivoting to our data signals, we heard from Krupa two weeks ago running through a number of our data toolkits, including Signal from the Noise, the Tactical Positioning Monitor, which I know you referenced earlier, and through the Retail Lens. Bottom line is they are currently flashing a firm neutral on US markets. It sounds like your view is quite aligned with this in that you've been tactically bullish over the last week or two, but through Q3, you're more neutral or bearish. Is that right? And how do you contextualize your views with our signals? And what, if anything, do you think our toolkits could be missing? To clarify, very short term, I'm expected a tactical bounce. I think our toolkits may not be fully capturing the impact of month-end, quarter-end rebalance, which could bring tens of billions of dollars into equity buying globally. Also, it is important to remember that in most asset classes, we are in an extremely low liquidity environment. So any move is magnified. Separately, there has been a fall in both bond yields and bond vol following the June 15th Fed meeting. Those combined effects and a relative information vacuum are helping to guide my view of a tactical bounce. Those are great points, Drew. Thank you. So final question. You've mentioned a number of catalysts from Fed to CPI to earnings season. What are expectations looking like for these? in terms of both the research view and what you think the market is pricing in? So at the time of the recording, the bond market is currently pricing in a 75 basis point hike in July, 
50 basis points in September, 50 basis points in November, and 25 basis points in December. The JP Morgan view is that we will see a 50 basis point hike in both July and September and 25 basis points thereafter. Also, the rates market is pricing in for the CPI to peak sometime in late August or early September. Really, we need to see the data to gauge the Fed's reaction function, but another 75 basis points gets us very close to the neutral rate. And I think the market gets closer to being able to see the end of the tightening cycle. Once the market has a stronger handle as to the timing of the tightening cycle, the market could form a bottom. Alternatively, markets could find a level where buyers simply no longer care about the Fed's impact, irrespective of whether that is at 3,500, 3,000, or somewhere else in the S&P. Brilliant. So to conclude, while you're bullish very tactically into the month end, looking into Q3, you see potential risk to the downside for US markets as investors digest a potential deterioration in macro data or corporate earnings. And as this data comes through, it will be key to watch the Fed's reaction function. And then looking beyond Q3 and into year end, you think we could see a more sustainable rally as we reach peak CPI and the Fed potentially softens the pace of tightening. Is that right? Yes, it is. Great. It's worth noting this more bullish view into year end is consistent with our house research view, with our research colleagues seeing the S&P 500 back at 4,800 by year end, effectively reversing this year's losses. So thank you, Drew, for sharing such valuable insights with us today. It's really helpful to have this very tactical sphere on navigating the upcoming catalysts for US markets. And finally, thank you to our listeners for tuning in. If you'd like to explore our team content further or indeed get in touch with us, please take a look at our website at jpmorgan.com slash market dash data dash intelligence. There you'll have the opportunity to send us a message via the contact us form. And with that, we will close. Thank you. If you're enjoying this conversation, you can subscribe to stay on top of the latest industry news and trends. Follow JP Morgan's Making Sense on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. The views expressed in this podcast may not necessarily reflect the views of JP Morgan Chase & Co. and its affiliates. Together, JP Morgan. They are not the product of JP Morgan's research department and do not constitute a recommendation, advice, or an offer or a solicitation to buy or sell any security or financial instrument. This podcast is intended for institutional and professional investors only and is not intended for retail investor use. It is provided for information purposes only. Reference products and services in this podcast may not be suitable for you and may not be available in all jurisdictions. JP Morgan may make markets and trade as principal in securities and other asset classes and financial products that may have been discussed. For additional disclaimers and regulatory disclosures, please visit www.jpmorgan.com forward slash disclosures forward slash sales and trading disclaimer.